I like to describe Weird Norfolk as a cabinet of curiosities containing forgotten folklore, paranormal experiences, odd places to visit, and just a, a real collection of interesting local history. I'm Shifra Connor and I'm the curator and researcher for Weird Norfolk. Fact, folklore, legend that relate to a whole manner of different things in the county, whether that be an artefact at Norwich Castle, whether that be an erratic stone left by a glacier. So I'm Stacia Briggs and I'm the writer for Weird Norfolk. Weird Norfolk, we have an interview with the team from Norwich Ghost Walks. Today we're really, really excited because we've got our first ever guests on the show. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. And um, to be honest, we couldn't have started with a better a better set of guests. So yeah, we're here with the, the team from Norwich Ghost Walks. I am the Shadowcaster. I'm from Norfolk. I am the Silent Hand, and together we work for Norwich Coast Walks. We run Norwich Coast Walks. Tell us a little bit about how you got involved with the Ghost Walks, because you, you two are quite new to the patch, aren't you, taking over from we Ghostly are. Dave? No, <laughs> taking over from the Man in Black. Oh, the Man in Black, yes, of course, the Man in Black. Ghostly Station. Dave was our hallowed originator. Yes, <laughs> of course. <laughs> That's how vintage I am, you see. It's wonderful to hear that people are still keeping the name Ghostly Dave alive. Alive, absolutely. So from the Man in Black, of course. So um, really we got involved with the Man in Black a couple of years ago through the Halloween shows. Well, I certainly was roped in for some uh, for some spooky performances. To, uh... Some jumping out action. Oh yes, yes. For anyone who uh, for anyone who came to the Halloween show any time in the last two years, I was the guy in the. Uh... You may remember me as. You may remember me as the Mad Monk. <laughs> Fabulous. I was uh, I was the one who jumped out of the coffin screaming at the uh, as you walked past the river. <laughs> what a lovely role. <laughs> And you were kind of carried along in the stream? Yeah, well, I kind of said, oh, it sounds great, you'd be great, you know, I can see you in the role. Maybe I'll just help with some of the admin. I'll just do all of the admin, which I've, I've since found to be a lot to, a lot of admin. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's, it's really fun. There's so much going on. There's really the business is in, in different parts. There's all of our events and things like that. So dinner events and a lot of organising. And it's all quite exciting, really. But, um, Lots of, lots of research, mainly, is the main thing, to the yeah. history of Yeah, Norwich. we do a lot of research as well. We're it takes up a lot of time. Yeah. So. We are there with you, yes, absolutely, because you have to know your stuff, don't you? Because there will be somebody who asks you something. Absolutely. And uh, making it up probably isn't, yeah. isn't the best no, option. No, <laughs> It has been quite rewarding having an answer, and people do ask certain questions, and you can actually, well, actually, it's like this. And yeah. You can kind of surprise yourself with how much it's all gone in. <laughs> and of course, it's completely fine not to know, you know, yeah. because it, it's, I a, guess as long it's as a long journey, bit, isn't it? Yeah. Like, actually, yeah. we don't know that one yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it gives us what people actually ask and what they're interested in gives us clues as to what we, you know, what paths we need to go down research-wise. So, you know, it's it's helpful. Um, do you have um, a background with the paranormal? Do you 
have you been done investigations or is it just like a general interest that got you into this or if we told you about our work with the Shadow Guild, I'm afraid we would have, have to, to kill goodness. everyone who's going to listen to this podcast, and that would take a long time. They're going to say us, and that would presume that we we're alive. Which uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> nev- I never presume mask. in a room like this. <laughs> so, are you believers? Yes. Yes. I mean, I, I would say that um, I I wasn't kind of pursuing ghosts. I wasn't searching for an answer. Um, my own experiences have been very, very, very small, just, you know, a couple of things ever that I didn't really think much of at the time. But actually, it's been more since taking over this business that I have I've met so many people with really similar stories. Um, and you can, you can tell from their, the way people tell you these stories, these experiences, that there's no question what they've experienced is unexplainable, to say the least. Um, and there's been evidence, there's, there's videos and pictures and recordings people have actually showed us. Um, which, you know, again, you, you could question, could be faked or something, but it's, it's people's real experiences that um, are the most convincing. And I think, although I haven't experienced loads yet myself, the little bits that have been happening, even on our, on our walks, there's some parts of Norwich that we've already had strange things happen that are starting I'm, I'm kind of anticipating it happening you know <laughs> I'm taking one home in the car with us I'm scared there's like you know oh, they're going to start doing us well we're fairly sure that's happened already really? wow ghostly car share yeah. yeah how timely who was in the car with you I don't know I just had did to did they sudden... contribute to petrol <laughs> sadly not damn do you ever frighten yourselves on the ghost walks we actually had a we had a medium on one of our walks, and it was only her and one other friend. So it's two people, and at first we were a little bit like, oh, just two people tonight, bit of a small group. But then it transpired that this was a, one of them was a medium, and um, we went on a walk together, and she was sensing things all along. And because it was so personable between the four of us, we were saying, well, you know, just let us know if you sent, sent anything. And um, yeah, there was a couple of experiences where some weird things happened and she was picking up on something and we were suddenly interrupted by somebody, a person from the street, just suddenly shouting and stopping the finish of the story and she said, oh, he was was summoned by the ghost so that the the secret wouldn't be revealed. But it was exciting. It was was exciting more than anything. I mean, she she was aware of some of the spirits before we had introduced them and, and was seeing things before we'd spoken about them and she was absolutely on point and this was not a local woman either she was she was over from the states for just a couple of weeks and her friend had brought her along so it was really thrilling mm. to have yeah. her along and there was lots of confirmation Where, what, what turned out to be the kind of most i don't know magnetic parts of norwich for her then uh the top of elm hill really the top of elm hill um and father ignatius in mm. particular whenever i walk down elm hill there's always there is always a, a strange feeling around there i think it's, it's I once smashed smoke, a massive it? plate in the Elm Hill craft shop, so I had to run past there quite fast. She was very decent about it, but still, it was it was a bad moment. Are you sure it was you? <laughs> well, absolutely. No, it wasn't. It was the Mad Monk, definitely. But yes, yeah, so I always remember that moment, and uh, and I was only eight. Oh, never forgotten it. No. I have to go and go make peace with plate. Take my plate. I know. I should do, shouldn't I? <laughs> to be fair, I still see her. She st- she still remembers because <laughs> I haven't changed much since I was eight. But um, yeah, it's uh, but yeah, Elm Hill is particularly evocative, isn't it? I mean, that must be if people come on your walk and they haven't been up to Elm Hill. That must be an incredible place to take them. It's a stunning view, definitely, and people mm. get that immediate hit of history. Mm. So yeah, it always 
uh, provokes a good reaction. And you go down to Magdalen Street, the most haunted bazaar shop in... We have not yet Haven't gone you? there because <gasps> that is saved for our Monday walk, which starts in July. Right. Um, because this is the low season, effectively, yeah. and once it gets into the summer holidays... You're bringing out the big guns. Exactly. <laughs> the, yeah. Yeah, the, the, yeah. the flying typewriters. So we, uh, that, that story is currently still in, in research. Yeah, that's oh, we, we've done um, a weird Norfolk on it. Yeah, so obviously, oh well, we'd we love can to probably point you in the right direction of some bits and bobs. You popped in and had a chat with them. Yeah, didn't I you? did actually go in, and um, they themselves had only had one strange thing where someone had gone through to the back of the shop because it's like a little. I don't know if you've ever ever been in the shop. It's really cool. It's like it's it's quite windy, and you go to the back, and they said someone had gone through there, and they just bolted back out like with no explanation and ran out the shop and it was like that but that was the only strange mm. thing they'd had mm. but they'd heard about previous tenants who'd had experiences it used to be someone's pet shop yes yeah, Ron's right. Reptiles Ron's yeah. Reptiles I think I went as a child when it yeah. was in Reptiles so something happened and he that. had all sorts yeah. of things because we spoke to a friend of his just recently and he was saying that Ron had a really torrid time there yeah there was one like when all of the cages that the Reptiles were in had been sealed up with like yeah. um, duck duct tape yeah. Very weird. Um, mm. it was really weird and there's um it used to be like a gift shop and the lady she locked up as not usual came back in the next day and all the mirrors had been turned round mm. which is a which is a strange Wasn't there one I don't know the old SRAM like... staff came in and they'd sorted out some bags of stuff I thought that was quite handy quite useful yeah if you're gonna have a podcast and it can kind of tidy up yeah. well I was gonna say it's better that it sealed the lizards in than opened them all up yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it is yeah, yeah. yeah. It's still quite it's quite a strong thing to happen yeah. isn't it yeah that's all really all strong sort of poltergeist yeah. work really but yeah. the, the tenants of the shop they had CCTV in there and the lady was saying like she always like keeps half an eye just in case she sees like something floating past but seems that bit north city is particularly kind of it seems to have a lot there doesn't it there's loads of that other poltergeist activity silver street uh, silver street uh no the puppet theater oh there's some good stuff at the puppet theater i don't know if you've ever we we did i went on one of it was like like it was a paranormal (laughs) investigation event and um, that was really interesting. That was my first and only ever experience with a Ouija board. I'd never do it again. Would you ever spend the spend the night in a supposedly haunted house? Or yeah, you would. Yeah, Ooh. I would. I would go and spend the night, but I I wouldn't personally um, get involved with Ouija boards. Mm. Oh, what, what are your feelings on what ghosts are? A ghost is kind of a shadow of of a once living person. So generally they are stricken souls who've received some kind of deep negative emotion in life, perhaps just at the moment of death, or sometimes it's a particularly violent death, that seems to leave some kind of spectral scarring on the material realm. So, you know, some essence of that person is left behind, but it's not the whole, the whole person is my feeling. And, um, I mean, there are protective spirits as well, um, especially loved ones sticking around to look after... We, we had a woman on the walk recently who um, has her husband with her in her, in her necklace. Mm. And almost certainly he'll pass on when she does. But um, also any kind of manipulation of the necklace could potentially have summoning effects. So 
Did she explain how he got in there? Did she like have him? I don't know. Was I, it through yeah. a meeting? I actually, or, like, some I, kind of, like, I actually divined or? that it was the yeah, necklace. She, yeah. she didn't, um, she didn't think that he was necessarily attached to yeah. an object, but yeah. I, I felt convinced that it was. The yeah, necklace. actually, after after that, she did actually show us the necklace, and it, and it's, um, I don't know if it was a heart shape or a, or a leaf or half a heart or something, but it had his thumbprint, oh, okay. which was taken after he had died um, by a, a lady who does kind of castings and things and she she had it um cast into silver so so his print was so his imprint so was then yeah, literally yeah. literally there literally. as well so yeah. yeah and that convinced me that there was there was something of him remaining in the necklace that that was not willing to let go of her until she had passed mm -hmm. on safely perhaps so that you know it, it's not all negative yeah mm. that's quite nice and so guests obviously do tell you their own stories and have their own reasons for coming. I guess some people come just because they want a lovely, entertaining night. Mm, and some are mm. more interested in, you know, or have stories or, or to have some kind of way of, of associating themselves with it, that something's happened to them or something along those Sometimes, lines. Sometimes. I mean, we, I think not everybody is convinced either way, you know, and some people are really sure they don't believe in things, but maybe they're with a, with a friend or just curious about Norwich's history or something. But it tends to be towards the end of the walks when people have have heard they've heard enough and they they feel they can share something they or, or it triggers a memory even from childhood or something where they might have seen something that they didn't really understand at the time but it kind of starts to piece together and make a bit more sense or, you know, a theory anyway. It's always as we start walking through the cathedral grounds that people start speaking. Oh, People suddenly come up yeah. to me and start telling a story. Mm. Right, just near the end. It's all very dark and eerie and safe in there. It's <laughs> kind of its own separate place, really, the cathedral grounds. Yes. It's walled in. And Some kind of quasi-confession. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a? Is there a favourite part of the walk? Have you got? A, have you got a kind of pet favourite ghost of Norwich? Oh, obviously, yes, I can see. <laughs> well, there is one particular story on um, the walk at the castle, and it's um, the story of Martha Alden, who um, she she her ghost does um, hang around at the at the castle, um, and it's just the fact that she she kind of her husband wasn't very nice to her. It's in, it's in the eighteen hundreds, I believe, and uh, the turn of the nineteenth century. Yeah, just at, just at the start. Yeah, oh, okay, early, yeah. Um, her husband was quite abusive, and she she kind of they had an argument. I won't tell you the whole story, but it was just it's just the way that she tried to not very well cover up the evidence of dispatching of her husband, and it just made me so endeared to her and so kind of sad about the whole thing. And it's Did she meet fun. her end at the castle? She was found guilty of murdering her husband, and then yeah, um, executed at the gates. But she's obviously a bit of a sweetheart, really. It's quite. It always kind of hits me when you when you think when you walk past these sites in in Norwich and think of the things that did happen. Mm. You know that the heads on the gate and yeah. Lollard's pit and mm. the bridge where the witches walk. Well, witches, poor women, yeah. poor men <clears throat> walked over holding their own kind of kindling. You kind of you know you, it's difficult not to think of those shadows of the past, isn't it? Mm. You know, once you know they're there, once you know you're walking in the yeah. same footsteps as those people, it's really difficult not to. Think about that, and think about how how far, in some ways, we have come. Yeah. That mm. we're not all gathering to, you know, we're now watching somebody from YouTube turn on the Christmas lights. We're not, 
watching, you know, somebody mm. having, being executed at the gates and having a lovely time and having souvenirs. Mm, yeah. Well, not only that, but we almost never see anyone dead. Mm. Yeah. In fact, various people have gone their whole lives without ever having seen a corpse. And uh, it's incredible, really, considering what was happening in the Middle Ages. I mean, death was just on the street. Part of life. It was part of life, yeah. 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 And, and now it's, uh, you know, not even the families get to deal with, the, with the, the corpses of their own loved ones. You know, they're whisked away before you even uh, really get to think about what's happened. So. And very often you don't, you're not there at that moment, are you? You, you know, that no. your loved one is in hospital exactly. or hospice yeah. or... Under care. You know, or you're encouraged not to be there and not to see the body afterwards. I was listening to something on the radio actually about exactly that yesterday. Some people saying that people's fear of death is linked with the fact that we don't have anything to do with it. Very infrequently are people caring for people at the end of life because of pain or, or, or concern and that makes the whole business of dying even more frightening mm. than it is now. Do you think in the past people were less scared of death then? Yes. Yeah, I mean the Victorians were obsessed weren't they? Absolutely. Obsessed with it and, and, and kind of almost celebrated death didn't they? Well it makes you know. sense to me. Yeah. I mean I think in some ways that's what the Norwich Ghost Walk is doing. Yeah. Is is celebrating death and, and giving people a chance to talk about it and think about it. Because uh, there, there seems very few forums for that, you know, where it's, where it's safe to come to a space and talk about death and what might happen afterwards and, and or just associated subjects, really. So I know we talk about death a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what? It makes me feel a lot better about it. Like, I think that's why I think it's I was listening to um I started listening to a podcast um called My Favourite Murder. It's it's really good. They're, they're they're really long, but they're really good. And they were just trying to explain why they're so fascinated with murder. And and a lot of people think they're very morbid and it's really weird and they shouldn't really look you know, be that interested in it. But it's just to help them come to terms with things that can happen to you. And it, it's like an anxiety thing. It's like they're they're so fascinated by it because they need to know all of the possibilities so it makes them feel better because they understand it and it's the same kind of thing with death I think by talking about it it puts my mind at ease I'm like oh yeah so it's going to happen and I feel more comfortable with it now but I think that um, back then children would have been I mean children were and still are the most sensitive generally to paranormal activity now, if you um, respond to your children's experiences by saying, no, ghosts aren't real, forget that, don't worry about it, then our, our, our brains have evolved to, to respond very efficiently to that kind of learning. And actually what we do is we simplify. I mean, our brains are constantly simplifying our experience of life in order for things not to be too complicated. Now... So it's very simple now to uh, divine why less people experience paranormal activity as they grow up. But, you know, in the Middle Ages, and certainly in the Victorian times, if you experience something in the afterlife, some like a, uh, a relative coming back or some kind of poltergeist or other experience, then you would have been lauded for it perhaps you know it would have been seen as either a good omen or a bad omen or 
that's just your grandma and you know you can have a conversation with her perhaps or she's looking after you and 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 so that information would become far more significant to your to your brain and you know it would leave those parts of your mind which are capable of experiencing those things open and active mm. so i think the victorians probably did have far more honed minds for for actually experiencing things let alone just celebrating them so okay i've got to say i've got to ask we were talking about this and we couldn't come up with an answer that wasn't a funny one best film with a ghost in it that isn't funny. That, I can say oh, that isn't because oh, I, I said ghost Ghostbusters immediately. And, and I like, said, well, you can't have ghosts either because that's too easy. And she said ghost was funny. And then I realised it wasn't funny. It was really sad. I was like, no, that's not, it's not funny at all. I think one of the first ones that comes to mind, even though I don't really know if it's my favourite ghost film, was The Others. Yes. Because, I mean... That's a good one. It was yeah. just... I mean, it was a, it, for one thing, I saw it at the cinema, and it was a 12, and it was so terrifying, and jump-out scary. But it was, it was um, I don't want to ruin the, the, the premise, the premise. but um, no, that was a really interesting take on the whole thing, so I like yeah, that. Yeah, that is a, a good one. Moment, yeah. The piano close. Good film. Yeah. I mean, we, we recently watched, what was it called, 1408? It was a Stephen King adaption, yes. which is about Haunted Room. Is that on Netflix? Oh uh, no, it might not be. I think we had a really just an old uh, DVD of it. Someone knocking. Yeah, around. someone passed it on to us. But um, that was that was quite fun, uh, starring John Cusack, and he's he's a ghost hunter, and much like many of Stephen King's characters, he's a writer, and so <laughs> write what you know. <laughs> writes all these fantastic ghost stories, and everybody is absolutely in love with him. And you know, they ask him at his book signings whether he's. You know whether you know where his favourite ghost is and whatever, and essentially he's just bitter and twisted and cuts everything down, and he doesn't believe in ghosts at all, and that's the premise. And then he has to go and um, experience this haunted room in a hotel, and it's it possibly is, changes his mind. It does change his mind a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I thought it might. Yeah, I kind of appreciate the sentiment of that. If if either of you two were ghosts, which where would you haunt? Where would be your place? Oh wow. Oh goodness, where would I haunt? Well, I, I, I actually have come to realise I, I basically didn't feel ready to die for a long, long time. I didn't want to be in the ground. Um, couldn't imagine it. And I, I realised that it's because I don't want to be in the ground. If I, when I die, I'd like to go into the sea. I'd like to be cremated and put in the sea. So, and just, just the peace of. I, I went once went um, scuba diving, and it's so peaceful under there, and all these amazing creatures and the mystery. So. Maybe I'd be a like a sea ghost or a, a mermaid or something. Maybe you'd really be know. like that old Guinness advert coming out of the floor from the waves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Heard is that a Guinness advert? Oh yeah, it is. I was thinking, was it an old spice advert? But it's a Guinness advert. <laughs> <laughs> it be slightly less cool. Slightly so, less cool. Just tick the right box when you yeah. put me into the old spice. Or, yeah. No Guinness. <laughs> That's a really nice idea, though. Yeah, it's yeah, nice. lovely. Be nice if you haunted someone on the walk for the next people who took over. Mm. That'd be kind of a good. Mm. Yeah, I help I, the franchise. I, I'm not the kind of guy who would stick around for eternity to do my job, though. No. <laughs> no, I'd I'd prefer to uh, haunt the west coast of of the US, probably. <laughs> On Down a Route One. <laughs> route One. I'll go for that. Nice, nice. So, is is being the shadow caster and the silent hand a full time job? At the moment, it has been. Good. I mean, um, the phone's always 
ready to be picked up and emails and um, yeah just again researching and um, whenever there's anything not happening that's the thing we're going to do is, is looking into stories what an amazing job. I know it's amazing that's incredible isn't it yeah. so before this were the jobs not quite so incredible um well we do other things too um yeah we, we, uh, we work yeah. with children and you know creative workshops and sort of drama and art clubs and games clubs. yeah we've oh, been self-employed fantastic. for a long time oh nice yeah. So yeah your own bosses yeah it's yeah. been a while They're since i worked in the bosses, mall aren't they <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's pretty nice yeah yeah it's so sort of suited me more that way so what's the age um suggestion on your walk 10 plus would you ever do younger ones that were a different kind of walk or not I suppose I would, yeah. I'm not not at the moment, just because we're still working on so much material for for the for the adult walks, and you know we've got various events to cover still before Christmas. But um, I think that any age is a good time to talk about death, and and uh, about what can potentially be around, and and also, like we just said, um, to actually expand the minds while they're still open and active. You know, I think I think that's fantastic, but. Um, we're not ready for it at the moment. <laughs> are you adding new stories to the walks? Yeah, I mean, most of the stories are, uh, because of the same locations, yeah. most of the stories are um, about the same kind of era or mm-hmm. time. Some of them we've kind of cha- changed the angle slightly to look at something we, we personally found interesting about a particular story. Yeah. Um, and just really having re-researched everything and made sure that it's updated, um, a lot of details have changed. Mm-hmm. Um and maybe, I can't, I can't remember if, if there's a completely new one. We have chosen, well, I say new one. I mean, no, no, we, we haven't actually found any new ghost stories that are perhaps potent enough mm-hmm. or legendary enough to include. And, and because we've been looking into so much of the history behind these stories, we've actually cut down yeah. the number oh, of stories. I think yeah. The Man in Black used to tell roughly 12 and we tell more like 7. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So really, we've just been focusing yeah. on it. Because I, I know when I'm doing my research, sometimes I'll come across stories that they initially sound really good, but actually they're really just one line, and you're like, oh. Mm. And there's just not enough to it to like add a... It's a big shame you can't get out of Strumpshaw to do the haunted goat's head of Strumpshaw, which <laughs> is possibly one of the best ever, isn't it? Haunted mm. tales. Yeah. The goat really that kept like coming the, back. The <laughs> Maybe maybe uh, a bus for that one, just to quickly nip out and yeah. come back. Yeah. <laughs> well, we definitely like a bit of tragic comedy on the uh... What is in the pipeline? What can people look forward to? What what have you got? Because you've had your dinners, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Which look amazing. Which, yeah, like, they do. The they look really yeah. Have you got any more of them? Yeah, we've yeah. got um, the next Guildhall dinner is on the 22nd of June. It's a Friday night. Um, but we actually are doing, for the first time, a pop-up meal at... The last pub standing on King Street, oh, nice. because the um, the new landlord took over. I think a couple of years ago, he's only opened it. He did a lot of work on the building for a start. He took he 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 found undercrofts which were full of rubble, and he filled up I think three or four skips worth of rubble. And not just yeah. rubble. <clears throat> and he found amazing things in there, like shoes. He found a gun. He found oh a book. Like he's... a medieval pistol, and he's got yeah. it all displayed there, oh so it's gosh. really worth checking out. Yeah, wow. <laughs> we're like. We need to get down there. But more importantly, the construction work has massively disturbed a lot of paranormal activity. And so he's he's been quite shocked by some of the things that have been happening at his pub. And uh, so he phoned us up and 
asked us if we wanted to come and have a look at it and uh he's got a, he's got a fantastic space it's quite a large pub and uh so we've 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 decided that it's it's time to release it to the public Okay, well, I think of anything else you no, want I to... I think that's I will ask you a question. Yeah. Mm. Brilliant. Why don't we see ghosts of cavemen? Mm. Oh, that's a good question. I well... Think I know the answer, but I will let you... No, no, please continue. No, I will let you answer. <laughs> I, I was going to say it must be something to do with the emotional sentience. The, the most potent ghosts tend to be those with complex stories. So it's it's about the level of guilt, remorse, grief, anger, the, 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 the complexity and depth to which that emotion pervades the soul, as it were. Which is why we get far more human ghosts than animal ghosts. I think with the deep, complex, negative emotions that come with evolved sentience shall we say um that spirit can become weighted down or or kind of heavy in its consistency of some sort and and it can become absorbed into the material world around them and i think that can include animals i think it can include objects Uh, it certainly includes walls and the floor and um yeah i just don't think that cavemen i'm sure there is ancient spirits around but the the ones that people really experience strongly tend to be those very potent complex emotions the other thing to say was just perhaps to do with ceremony maybe maybe prehistoric tribes had a certain way with death and the ceremony of death um and that you know these caves probably were their places of of happy kind of creative safe space and you know, where would they haunt? I don't know. It's kind of they're not so necessarily as trapped as sometimes. Well, I promise that if I come back, I'll try and do it somewhere really handy for you. That'd uh, be great. And maybe manifest kind of at the same time every evening. Yeah. You know, if you could make yourself well, absolutely miserable before you die, that okay. would probably That's do. Easy. <laughs> That's easy. I'll just clear out under the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> that always makes me miserable. Then I'll pop off, and then you can. Uh, You'll be in the cupboard beneath the stairs. For listening to this week's Weird Norfolk episode, you can find us every week in the Eastern Daily Press on page 13 of Weekend Supplement. You can also find an archive of all of our stories at edp24.co.uk. And if you're feeling social, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Weird Norfolk. Weird Norfolk podcast is a Richard Fair production for the Eastern Daily Press.